Hello, welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love The Real Housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and thank you for joining me. Uh, it's nearly Christmas time, so it's it's all go here at Housewives and Me Towers, aka my apartment. <laughs> I'm working on um, trying to finalise episodes before the Christmas break so that there are still new episodes for you to enjoy as December rolls on and even working ahead into January it is, it's hectic, but I have to say it's been a blast. And thank you as always to everybody who's been listening and supporting and sending us messages about the episodes. Last week, we delved into lots of Housewives news. I'm not going to do that this week, but I do want to touch on some recent Housewives episodes. Now, as I've said before, um, the episodes come out on Tuesday. Um, Atlanta and Potomac are currently airing on Mondays for us here, you know, in Ireland, the UK, etc. Because, we you know, it's kind of the next day vibes with the US and the episodes airing there. But I'm all, I kind of have been doing my intros a bit ahead of that because I'm trying to stay on top of edits and da 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 da. So I just want to touch on, well, we'll get to the Atlanta premiere in a minute. I have to say the Potomac season five finale, there's been a lot of discussion for myself and guests on this podcast about how you have to be on board with Potomac season five because it has just been next level. And the finale. I mean, by the time you're hearing this, I will have watched part one of the reunion, but that finale, I was just shook. Like some of the best telly I've watched all year, reality or otherwise, I was just gripped from start to finish. Truly, truly unmissable stuff. Like the scenes of Michael going into the production bay at Robin's engagement party slash, well, slash Christmas party, jaw dropping. Honestly, I was shook. Also, I have to say, I've not loved OC this season. Like, I've watched it, but I haven't been obsessed. But I was really pleasantly surprised by their COVID quarantine lockdown themed episode that also took in Black Lives Matter and where different cast members were in terms of their living situations. It was just very interesting. And it sets up it sets up an interesting, I guess, I mean, I don't know how long this season will be, but it does seem to set them in a different direction to how it started out so we'll see even though obviously seeing COVID related stuff is still a bit I don't know I'm not a fan <laughs> it's not my favourite thing but I was pleasantly surprised by that episode I must say now I want to touch on the Atlanta season premiere because it's just so great to have them back and even a, a not great episode of Atlanta will fill me up with so much joy and I really enjoyed this premiere it was a different tone because they went headfirst into discussing Black Lives Matter and the fact that Portia has been protesting and has been doing activism and has been on the front line around protests and all that kind of thing in the US. And, you know, just seeing how the other cast members felt about it. And then, of course, just the fun factor of getting to see the Atlanta gals again and, I suppose, seeing how they're adjusting to COVID bits and pieces. We've already seen that Cynthia's wedding is under threat because of lockdown and things like that. And I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of that this season. And I don't know how well... Cynthia is going to come out of it. And I'm someone who really enjoys Cynthia on the show. I'm so here for the return of my fave, Candy Burris, who I know some people find dull, but I just am always rooting for. Kenya Moore in a very different state of mind because of what's going on with her husband, Mark, and, and the divorce and all that kind of thing. It was it was kind of, it's quite moving seeing her open up about that. We haven't gotten to see newbie Drew. I think she's introduced next week and I believe there's a new friend of her meeting as well. So this episode felt a bit, we had some Marlowe as well, but it felt a little bit self-contained, like they're waiting to get everybody together. I don't know if that's a COVID lockdown protocols thing or just they started filming in the middle of everything and who knows. But I am cautiously optimistic about this new season of Atlanta, even though they're still filming despite the plans for them to have wrapped at Cynthia's wedding like a month ago. 
Some thoughts from you guys on Instagram and Twitter, though. On Twitter, Jonathan said it was a very powerful episode, especially the black backgrounds at the start. I thought it was very honest with them talking about weight gain during quarantine. Marlo's thermometer deserves a peach. Yes, Marlo and her thermometer deserve a peach. I feel like they carried a lot of the episode on their shoulders together. Uh, Cormac said on Instagram, I'm so obsessed with Marlo. For me, she was like Kenya before, where she always caused a bit of drama, but she made it funny. She's just so extra, and I can't wait to see more of her this season. Shivs Keeley said, such a great first episode, but can we please discuss Cynthia's outfit at the lunch in her driveway? (laughs) Yes, if you didn't see, Cynthia uh, wore a very low-cut summery dress, but her boobs were on full display to the point where her boob actually just fully was popped out. And she was like, oh, there it is. And on Instagram, one of our own recent guests, in fact, the first ever guest on Housewives and Me, Laura DeBarra, chimed in. She said that she, she was feeling sympathy for what she described as megaphone more, which is one way to describe Kenya. She said the stuff she's done in the past has been very petty, but with something as, as big a deal of a deal as a clearly arsehole partner, I hope she does find peace and mend her ways. And can we speak about what a bloody queen Portia is? Incredible. Oh my God, yes, Portia just... Portia really, you know, I guess I loved how they brought in the legacy of her granddad's activism and his involvement in the civil rights movement because this, you know, this conversation about Black Lives Matter and the treatment of black people in the States and worldwide is not a new one. It's just, I think, felt very intense this year because of the change in circumstances for so many of us and I think so many of us realising the inequality that that exists in the world around us. Uh, my guest today is the one and only Irish singer-songwriter Erica Cody, who herself was very vocal when Black Lives Matter became a big talking point uh, worldwide this summer. She, of course, spoke so eloquently about the Irish perspective on that and what it's like for people who are black and Irish. And, you know, she's in her early 20s. She's primarily known as a musician and an artist. And for her to step into that role and... I guess help educate so many of us, myself included. I just was so, I mean, I've known Erica for a while as a, as a performer and an artist, and I've always really enjoyed her work and I found her really fun on social media. And the way she took to talking about this, even though it is not easy, was just always so inspiring. It's kind of, it's oddly fitting that this interview is is dropping the week that I'm talking about this coming up on Housewives. Like it's just, it's this, the timing of it is a bit odd. Like last week we had Veda talking about representation on Housewives the same week we discussed Bronwyn coming out. I don't know. It's all, it's just, it's funny how things line up. But uh, let's get to it now. Enough chat from me. Here is this week's guest, Erica Cody on Housewives and Me. My guest today is an Irish singer-songwriter. Her new single, Calculated, is getting all the love at Irish Radio. She's also part of Irish Women in Harmony, an amazing collective of Irish musicians who earlier this year raised loads of money for Safe Ireland and domestic violence victims with their cover of Cranberry's amazing track, Dreams. They are back just in time for Christmas with a new song called Together at Christmas, an original Christmas song. And earlier this year, when Black Lives Matter was a conversation worldwide, she put herself out there and used her platform to talk about how we can be better when it comes to understanding racism and better for people who are Irish and black and living in Ireland. And when she's not doing that and being amazing on Instagram, she also, I've recently learned, is a huge fan of The Real Housewives. Erica Cody, welcome to Housewives and Me. Welcome. Oh my God. I feel like this is my Real Housewives debut. <laughs> yes. You're like the, you know, when they introduce a new person, they're like, um, I'm friends with so-and-so. I've known her for years and I'm just excited to get to know this group. And it's like, yeah, you've been hired uh, to do a reality show. <laughs> it's 
so good. Jesus, Real Housewives has literally got me through so much. Oh, wow. Okay, well, how did you get into Housewives then? And what cities do you mainly watch? Um, I think I, so I became aware of Housewives. Well, it's been going for, God, how many years now? 10? More? Oh, like 15 or so, yeah. Yeah, and I'm 24, so Jesus, yeah. I think I actually became familiar with the franchise with Beverly Hills, like back when I was like about 10. Oh God, I feel so old hearing you say that. (laughs) Because like I used to spend weekends with my dad. So like he had like all those channels that I didn't have. So like I'd always remember like seeing them. I used to be like, oh my God, they're so glam. And then it wasn't until like I got older that I was like, oh my God, this is my kind of show. And what cities do you watch at the moment? Got started on um, New Jersey actually first. And then I kind of dipped in and out of New York. I couldn't kind of, I just couldn't, I don't know. It was just missing a little something for me because I was kind of getting used to New Jersey and I was loving New Jersey because like I loved the cat fights. I just loved everything about New Jersey. Teresa is like, I'm sorry, I love Teresa. Um, uh, is that surprising? No, I, Teresa is like one of the, I guess one of the like most well-known. She's just not my personal favorite, but people people love her. And like, yeah. I will give her credit. She has put herself out there on that show in a way that most of them never, like the amount of stuff she shared. You mentioned there that it's gotten you through things in your life. And I know a lot of people have used it as great escapism, particularly this yeah. year. Like, is that what it was for you? Like when things were tough, you'd be like, let me just go and watch Housewives for an hour and not think about the world. Yeah, to be honest, I think it's like the perfect getaway from reality because I feel like they're just in such a different reality to everybody else, um, lifestyle-wise, everything. So I think when I got started with Beverly Hills, I was hooked. I just could not get enough. I watched it way... I started... Um, I started a good few years ago and then I started re-watching them during lockdown. And I was like, oh my God, they actually got better like the third time around. Third time around? Yeah. Oh like the God. fight at Brandy's. Oh, like don't even get me started. You are such a fucking liar, Camille. <laughs> I just love the way in, in that in that moment, Camille's like, Kyle, Ky- Kyle, no, Kyle. Stop that. Kyle. Kyle, don't speak to me like that, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Kyle. You know you're lying. Come on. I'm like, Camille, please. I love it all so much. What are some of your favorite moments like that, or I guess fights that have happened on the shows? Oh, the one where um, Kim brought up Harry Hamlin to Lisa Ooh. Rinna. Amsterdam. <laughs> Don't you ever talk about my husband like that again. Beast, <laughs> still my favorite. <laughs> oh, it's so good. There has to be another moment though. Um, there's just so many iconic moments with Beverly Hills. And what? And you mentioned that you love Jersey. Like, could you okay. see yourself pottering around like a mansion in Jersey and like bop- bopping into Teresa? Like, do you kind of is that the vibe? I think so. Yeah, kind of. I feel like I'm the mix between. Uh, Jersey and Potomac. Because you start, you said to me earlier, you started Potomac, so you're kind of new on that journey. Yeah. I'm still kind of getting to know everyone a little bit, but I just feel that, like, you know, Karen is just your typical Karen, and I love it. But she's like a glam kind of Karen. You know what I mean? 
I love it. I'm all for it. Like, I'm just like hooked to my veins. And also, obviously, this is a podcast so people can't see, but you're in like a stunning velour skims tracksuit today. And I feel like that's kind of a Jersey vibe. Like, I could see you bumping in like, hey, it's all skims. Yeah, I got it online Black Friday. <laughs> like, I could see you. Like, I can fully see you oh doing God, the Jersey so bit. <laughs> so me. <laughs> just like hey Erica like Erica actually is a name that suits the, oh the Jersey God, accent oh my you're such a liar you're such a liar oh my god I just can't even be around you people anymore <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Jersey and Beverly Hills and you're starting your Potomac journey which I'm very excited for you to go through have you yeah. dipped into Salt Lake City at all obsessed obsessed yeah they're absolutely they're just so they all have their own thing going on already. Like, I was not sure what to expect. And now we're so many episodes in or whatever. And I'm like, okay, this is bizarre. <laughs> like, But it's so good. It's like, I really just can't get enough of it at all. It's just like, I feel like they're living in like a whole different, like, dimension. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh my God, I, can't, I really just want to be a fly on the wall. Like, hey, you is not enough. I don't get the whole experience from Hey You. Like, I need to actually physically be, like, that fly that was on Mike Pence's head. But on the wall. <laughs> You're like, Hey You has a, a premium option where they fly you in to the home yeah. of each cast member and you just stare at them silently. You're like, okay, yeah, I've had 12 hours. I'm good. Oh, my God. No. Have you ever seen, actually, um, Miss Juicy Baby from Little Women Atlanta? Yes, she's a legend. She's actually popped up on... Real Housewives of Atlanta a few times because she's friends with some of them. Like she's popped up on other Atlanta shows, which I find so funny that it's, it's like so in Atlanta, they're like, yeah, I'll pop into this show while I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I literally just feel like Miss Juicy at the reunions, just like sipping out my hip flask being like, oh, it's about to go down. Is there anyone you'd love to see on, say, Beverly Hills? Because obviously that's based in LA slash Beverly yeah. Hills slash California and lots of famous faces pop in. And mm-hmm. in the most recent season, Garcelle joined and we've had Denise on and stuff. Yeah. Is there anyone that you would love to see who are like, God, they're so fab. I'd love to know more about them. I think I've always been intrigued by Erica, not just because we share a name, but just like her way of life. I'm just like, oh my God, I just need to know more. I don't know enough. Because I feel like she has like this whole other side to her apart from Erica Jane. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think really getting to know her as like Erica Girardi, but like, I don't know what her maiden name is now because they're getting divorced. But you're right. It's actually the way of life is such a good way of putting it because there's like the showgirl and the reality star. And then there's probably what goes on when there's no cameras around. And speaking of being a fly yeah. on the wall, that's what yeah. I'd want to see. Like, what goes yeah. down when she's not filming? Like, does she even talk to Tom? I know, like, what what goes on? Like, I just love to know more about her. And I think that's why I find her so intriguing because I think there's so much more that, like, we don't know. Um, and obviously there's so, so much we don't know about celebrities anyway. Do you know what I mean? Um, like, we, all we see is, like, what we get on the TV or what we get on Instagram. We don't really get anything else. I think that's why we're all so addicted to our phones and addicted to, to entertainment. So, yeah, I'd love to know more about her. Kyle is 100% my fave. I love a bit of Kyle. Um, and I think I'd love to know more about, hmm, I think Denise, because that was just such a tumultuous season with her. Like, it just kind of blew up out of nowhere. Yeah, and it made me re- it made me question the season before, because the season before she was like, oh, I'm like this famous movie star, but I'm so down to earth. And then this year 
they were all telling us up and down that she was so manipulative. And I'm like, what's the truth here? Because in a way, I don't think Denise is like a villain, but I also did. I found it odd, the about face and the change. And like, and sometimes I go, oh, it's the editing. But even at the reunion, I was like, what is going on with you? Like, what is There's this? a lot. I think I'd love to know more about this season as a whole with every character because there was just so much that I think we were left to kind of figure out for ourselves. And because it was so like, it was either, oh, Denise, you're a liar. And Denise is like, no, I'm not a liar. These are all twisting things I'm saying. So I found it really hard to kind of know who was wrong and who was right. Do you know what I mean? So I was kind of just playing devil's advocate for the whole, <laughs> for like literally the whole season. Is there anyone, yeah, <laughs> is there anyone that, any famous face that isn't on the show that you would love to see in there? Because obviously but there's a million reality shows, but Beverly Hill, Real Housewives is one. It's exciting seeing a celebrity in the mix on that show. Oh yeah, because they have to show different parts of their lives that they haven't shown before. Mm. So it's a lot more kind of in your face. Well, obviously I'd love to see Kris Jenner on it, but there's not a hope she's going to give away that sort of power after going from their Kardashians and being an executive producer to going to Beverly Hills and like giving up all that power. I don't see that happening, but I'd love to see it. Um, And I don't know who, do you know, I'd actually love to see Nene on Beverly Hills just to see how she gets on with the crowd. Cause I know there's a lot of things that she wouldn't put up with. Um, But at the same time, I'm like, it would be chaotic. I never thought of actually like established housewives like that's actually genius because in my head I was like oh like what are like celebs hanging out in like LA that could do but actually because Nini has left Atlanta like if they got her on Beverly Hills and she just because each show is such a different dynamic on Atlanta they all like they're all glamorous and funny but they also read each other so hard and then come back from it whereas on Beverly Hills it's like you looked at me sideways once at an event and I'm going to talk about it for a full year on Atlanta they're like your mom's trash you're trash your whole family's trash you smell like garbage I love you girl and they hug like it's it's just so different like I think (laughs) Nini would eat them all alive in like the second episode and be like well the season's over (laughs) literally I don't think Kyle would do well with coping um unfortunately I think that would just be a bit too much but again it's entertainment and I think we'd all love to I'd love to see what she'd bring to the show I think she could bring a lot um, but with that said, it's like, wow, that would really be a mix of people, <laughs> you know, because as you were saying, like it literally goes from one dynamic to another comparing uh, Atlanta to Beverly Hills because in Beverly Hills, it's just a bit kind of catty. It's more like, oh my God, like Camille had those Chanel earrings and then I wore those Chanel earrings the next day. And then she said that I copied her when I totally didn't. I bought them like back in March. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of vibe, little things like that. Yeah, and it's weird in Beverly Hills because it's like on one level it's kind of shallower in that, as you say, it's all about like surface stuff. But then like more it, when you peel off a layer, like it's actually quite dark or is in a way, like it's quite like what they get into is quite heavy. Like, oh, so-and-so is actually an addict or blah, 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 has had an affair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas weirdly on Atlanta, because they put it all out there and they move on from things, it actually ends up feeling lighter because they deal with stuff more. I don't I know what it is. Like, it. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah. I feel like with Beverly Hills, things things kind of stew up for a while and like then they build momentum and then they talk about it and then they might not speak after talking about it because they have two like totally different opinions. But where on Atlanta, they kind of just get it all out on the table. They talk about the hashtag and then they're fine the next episode, you know, up until the next thing. But I feel like with Beverly Hills, sometimes it can take like a whole season for a fight to be resolved. 
Fully. And I always think there's, I think it was maybe two seasons ago on Atlanta, on Atlanta whenever they went to Tokyo and they had this big cast trip. And there's this iconic scene on the bus where Eva and, and Marlo get into this massive back and forth and they do this thing where it's like a time delay to show you how long they've been reading each other and they're just going in. And you kind of feel like maybe, you're not even sure who won because they're both so like vicious. And then like a day or two later, Eva gets a call yeah. like, I'm so sorry, your granddad has died and she's in Tokyo, like like days away from getting back to Atlanta. And Marlo is the first person going to go, I'm so sorry, girl, gives her a hug, gets her flowers. And you're like, you spent an eight hour bus ride like reefing each other and now you're like I was like actually that's so cool because on other franchises like I know her mom died but yeah. I can't talk to her like they would never but like I just I just can't open myself up to that kind of toxicity right now like that's what they're so dramatic whereas with, with Atlanta I think you get that bit more realism with them it's not so like it's not about really things that are just on the surface it's it, it goes a little bit deeper and I think that it, it's kind of a sisterhood as well when you think about it, you know, they've all had similar struggles and issues and stuff. So I think they can all relate on a deeper level. So when it comes to arguments and stuff like that, I think that's why it's so easy for them to just kind of get to the point and get over it. Because they're like, I don't have time Totally. For and I'm so curious because like there's a new series of Atlanta coming in December and obviously Portia in particular has been so vocal in protesting around Black Lives Matter. And I'm so curious because yeah, even yeah. in the trailer they have this amazing really powerful segment of like Portia protesting and then it cuts to like them all getting drunk on a girl's trip like that mix of like the serious and then the lighthearted. I'm yeah. so curious how they're going to balance yeah. it because there's such different kind of sides of life in a way oh 100% I think and the thing is is I've only kind of really started re-watching um, Atlanta recently because it was one of those things that I just kind of dipped in and out of like if it was on the TV I'd stick it on and I'd watch it so I kind of I know them all for who they are anyway. Um, but there's still a lot more that I want to like dive into and actually kind of get to know them more instead of just seeing them on like a surface level, you know. But it'll be really interesting to see how they do the new season because there's a lot of serious stuff. But at the same time, I think they're going to have, there, there always has to be a balance with everything I think that you do to get an important um, message across, but also shed light when there's a negative situation do you know what I yeah mean? and so. i suppose like how do you balance that even with your social media because there was a period where you were not just vocal on your social media but you were doing interviews and press yeah. and being very open about but willing to go to irish media and talk about like heavy topics kind of for no real like reward it's just to do the right thing and then obviously you want to be able to yeah. like have fun on instagram and share your music and like you know, I got a fucking Skims tracksuit and it's the bomb. Like, how do you f- yeah, find the balance? Exactly. Because it, uh, like, it must be hard to kind of feel like I need to talk about X, but I can't go at that level all the time because it's so draining. Yeah, 100%. And I think at the start of this year, because in terms of like my social media and stuff like that, just took a massive jump that I just didn't expect at all. I was, you know, very content with like my 10,000 followers and stuff they had at the start of the year. And then it just kind of catapulted and I was like, wow, people are actually here for a lot of different reasons. Um, so I, I've i always been quite, you know, I've always been myself um, and I've always talked about things that, you know, mean a lot to me. And I've done it in my music anyway. I've been doing it for the last couple of years in my music and it's only kind of ringing true now, especially with like the likes of where you're really from and stuff. So I think... Um, after you know my page and stuff started gaining a lot more attraction and stuff um i was like okay i'm not not that i really want to watch what i say but i want to say things for the right reasons uh, but i don't want to lose myself while i'm in it because i think it's very easy to get not get stuck but you'll 
things but when things become very serious it's hard to kind of know how to still be yourself while trying to talk about a really serious issue so you know I always try and see the light at the end of the tunnel but also shed light on things that really matter in the world and that mean a lot to me and like you know my heritage and you know whatever it could be um so I, I always I've always just tried to make it a with, with everything comes balance so you know I still want to be myself but I still want to show people that like look yeah this is great but like there could still be something crazy going on in the world um so I think I just try and I just try and navigate it the best way I can whether that's just you know doing something because it makes me feel good and I can just you know it's it's really hard to explain I'm trying to figure out the like the right way to explain us but it's like, I think because I, I went through loads of stuff during the summer and I ended up in a really dark place. So for me, it was even hard to come back online. Um, never, I never thought I'd be at a point where I could even talk about a, a tracksuit that I absolutely adored, you know what I mean? So it's even finding bits of yourself again after, you know, going through it and then coming out on the other side, you're like, oh wait, no, I can still do that. Like not everything has to be so heavy all the time. Because I think especially this year, like we've, We've all been stuck at home um, and we've been all been on our phones. We've all been on the internet, probably more than we ever have been. So it's kind of just been one thing after the next. So for me personally, I've just tried to shut off um, just for my own, you know, mental well-being and stuff as well. Uh, so that's how I'm trying to find a balance. But if I'm having a good day and I want to share something that's, you know, making me happy, hopefully I can, I can share it with the next person and it'll make them happy for giving them a lift. Um, so I'm always going to talk about the things that matter the most um but I'm always gonna you know try and find a balance and you know remind people like why I'm here and then let them know the things that I enjoy and if something can help them that's why I started doing it in the first place I feel like that was such a ramble but I, I hope you kind no, of get my for, point it's just funny because when you <laughs> mentioned that about say how they'll show and how's I it just made me think of your social media because I sometimes when people talk about mm. serious stuff it's it's obviously good because it's maybe bringing people along who don't get it or I just don't yeah. know the full story, but it's it's a way that we put on oppressed groups or minorities all the time to both be like the person who explains everything yeah. and answers everyone's questions. But also exactly. we're all people and we want to have like the full life experience of today I was feeling amazing and I chatted to blah and I did this or I had to have a serious comp. Like yeah. sometimes it can almost reduce people to yeah. solely talking about the thing that's maybe hold, not holding them back, but the thing that they've dealt with that's hard and they sh it shouldn't be on them to have to deal with it all the time does that if that makes sense yeah no 100 yeah that's that kind of gets at my point exactly is because when my instagram started just like shooting up after i'd mentioned you know the protests and stuff i was like okay people are actually coming here because they want to know more and i've always wanted to use my platform in a way that it can help you know educate the next person or raise light on a really serious issue so for me in that time I'm, I'm still always going to do it, don't get me wrong. But in that time, especially, it was like, okay, um, this is a conversation that I probably, that I thought, that I was, that I was taught that would never probably happen. Um, so I, I've kind of geared myself up in a way to just kind of get on with it, that it wouldn't probably really be dealt with. Um, so when it, when everything happened with the movement, with the Black Lives Matters movement and stuff within those first couple of weeks, I was like, I, 
need to just share exactly everything how I'm feeling and what I think is important and what people need to know because there was people coming to me being like well how can we do better what can we read what can we do and like it was exhausting I'm not gonna lie like it's not up to me or the next person of color to explain to white people how to treat us and how to be a better ally like if you know everyone can do the research themselves but at the same time I was like look I really don't mind being that person right now because this is really important and it really does mean so much so and I know they're coming because they want to actually listen like I don't spend the time on the people who don't want to listen and don't want to change their opinions you know so that's kind of so after things in my head have not um died down yes the conversation isn't as prominent as it was back a couple of months ago but you know I'm still always going to talk about it whether I'm in interviews or uh, do, doing anything, you know, because it, it, to be honest, it naturally comes up anyway. Um, and it is something that's really important. So I always just, since then, and I just felt like it could be, it was a lot to digest. So I wanted to do it in a way that was, you know, formal and that people could really learn something from. But at the same time, I'm like, look, well, this is, this is what I do. I'll, I'll help educate you now for the time being, but like I, I am a singer and I am a songwriter and I am I'm a producer and I do want to share that um, especially with like this whole new audience that I gained um, so because people were coming to me for loads of different reasons but you know at the end of the day I'm a singer songwriter producer and I'm a young black mixed race woman so you know they for me they come hand in hand so I'm always going to have to figure out a balance without exhausting yeah, that's myself key. Oh, God, I didn't even expect us to have a serious conversation because it's all about housewives but I just like fuck it I'll just ask so thank you <laughs> I honestly was, wasn't thinking we'd have yeah. a, that kind of a conversation today but thank you and um, you did obviously mention there like you are a songwriter and a singer producer and we've had housewives who do music, some of whom who do it before they get on the show, some of it who get on the show and decide they want to be a pop star. Are there any housewives, yeah. like, pop moments where you're like, that's kind of fierce, or I'd actually work with them. Is there anyone you're like, I kind of like this? Um, Maybe not. <laughs> do you know what? What was a really iconic moment for me is when the Atlanta Housewives went on tour with... What's Candy? her name? No, it's not Candy. Oh my God, which housewife is that? It's the White Housewife in oh, Atlanta. Kim Zolciak. Him! When they went on tour with Kim, I went to one of Kim's shows. Oh my God, that was iconic. The reunion that year where Kim gets up and performs a song with Candy and the other wives just sit there and kind of turn their, turn their, they've sat them on a stage behind the couches and they all turn around and they're like, mm, yeah, this is great, yeah. <laughs> they did Kim so dirty. Oh, they did Kim so dirty. Like so dirty. Um oh no, but Candy, when I actually forgot. Yeah, no, Candy is like Candy's an icon yeah, in my so eyes. Success- like, I mean, the fact that she like she's had songs sampled by like Ed Sheeran and Ariana Grande. Like she's had number one hits in the last two years because she's credited on the song. I'm like, Andy just cashes a check yeah. the minute like the radio plays. Like it's amazing. Yeah, literally. No, I love Candy because I was a massive fan of Escape her uh the girl group that she was in like tiny and uh all, all the other girls so yeah no I'm a big fan of Candy I think she's deadly and I think with um because I think with these moments you're either like oh are they actually doing this because they love music or and I'm not talking about Candy here because Candy's a musician but I'm more so like the likes of like Erica and stuff when you're kind of introduced them and they're like I'm my name is Erica Jane you know when you first meet them in their seasons you're like, okay, like, does she do this seriously? Or is this just like a pastime or whatever? And I think 
looking at the amount of work and how much dedication Erica puts into her performances and her music from creative all the way to stage, I'm like, I can only admire that as well. You yeah, know and I mean? also like, I've always kind of felt Erica's music because she started when she was married to Tom, like it was kind of a vanity project in that she probably yeah. said to him, I need a few quid. But when you actually look at, as you say, what she's doing, she's yeah. fully living her like Kylie, Madonna, Britney fantasy. Like she's got amazing costumes and she yeah. works with like, great songwriters like songwriters of expensive have worked with Katy Perry and Lizzo like she's worked with big names like obviously she's putting yeah. someone's money into it I don't know whose but somebody's money is going into all that we need Erica x Erica like we need an Erica Jane Erica Cody collab that would be so fierce <laughs> Erica with the <laughs> that would be one of the lines she'd be like Erica with the C and Erica with the K you know she's that Oh my god, baby, that would be my tagline because I've been trying to think of a tagline and I literally could not come up oh, with well, one. Well, let's get into that now then. If you were on Housewives, what would your tagline be? I don't know, but you've just given me a bit of inspiration. So I'm like, my name might be Erica, but it's with a C. <laughs> if you were on Beverly Hills. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. It's such a talk. I'd love to hear like your take on what you think. I, I my think it would be would something be. to do with music. So something like, I write my own songs and I'll read you. <laughs> Oh I God. think that could work. Oh, yes, that could work. I'm putting that in my Instagram bio right now. <laughs> She's like, tap, 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 tap. <laughs> there you go. It's so funny because when I say to people, oh, will you come on the podcast? Yeah, I usually ask people what their tagline would be. I never think of what they would be like before they come on. But when I'm in the room, I start like <laughs> improvising. <laughs> Yeah, when the Real Housewives juices get flown, there's like literally no stop. Oh talking. my god, there you go. I think that that is your tagline of choice. Um, something else I love to ask people, aside from tagline, is this idea of a Housewives dinner party. So you're having a dinner party tomorrow and you can invite five people from the franchise. Who's on the guest list? Okay, Teresa Giudice oh. has to be there. Um, Nini, this is going to be a table now. <laughs> a table. So, Teresa, Nini... Bethany Frankel, Erica Jane, Jen Shaw. Oh! Yeah, because Jen's just like a bit, I love how she's just kind of up in the air with everything. And it literally just takes like the littlest thing to tick her off. How dare you say my, my Angie smells like hospital! <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like it's funny you mentioned, so you said Erica, Nini, Bethany, Teresa and Jen, because when I watched Jen on Salt Lake City, I feel like yeah. she's pulling from all the housewives of the Esther year. So she has Erica's yeah. glam and she's Teresa's temper yeah. and she's Nini's reads and she's Bethany's kind yeah. of So snarkiness. I'd love to see her in that environment with all of them because I don't know if she'd like, if she'd crack or if she'd like just like, oh my God, like or feel really intimidated. So I think I'd have them and then I'd, I'd have to have Brandy. Like, come on, like, if you're having a table with the housewives, she kind of has to be there. Strictly for entertainment purposes. Maybe she could, well, sometimes she's the friend of, so maybe she could come in just for dessert and just pop in for a drink at the end of the night just to keep yeah. the energy going. Uh, Kim from Atlanta. Okay, I'm not a fan of Kim from Atlanta. Neither am I, but I just, I, again, entertainment purposes. True, true, true. <laughs> um, I'd have to have Kyle and Lisa Renna. I love how I said five. You were like, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> this is a long table now. This is a long table. This is like a Christmas dinner table at pre-COVID yeah. times. It's, it's like, like a last supper. 
and you're at the head of the table. There probably will be the last one, but not one of them would make it out alive. <laughs> and I'd just be sitting at the top of the table with my hip flask, like Miss Juicy, having a great time watching it all unfold. You'd have your like head in your hands, just staring, like, keep going, girls. <laughs> Don't stop, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing amazing, sweetie. So this one, like, is a funny one because, like, obviously we're in our own and so, like, our likelihood of seeing a housewife is very small. But have you ever had a real housewife run in on social media? Did you ever spot one in, in the flesh somewhere? Like, has that ever happened? I actually wish. I think the next time I go to the States, especially if I make it to LA, that's like, I'm literally going on a real housewife's hunt because I just want to see one of them in person in real life. I wonder if Kyle still have her store actually Maybe I could go there No I think that has sadly uh, gone the wayside Sadly I love how you said a real housewife's hunt I have this image of you in like A hat and giant glasses Like literally creeping (laughs) around corners Has anyone seen Erica Jane? Never mind (laughs) With binoculars Imagine I'd obviously love to see one in person But I've never had a run in Not yet anyway one of the things that I love on the shows as well is like the trope. So it's like someone who can't apologize properly or we always see them packing for trips or what they order in restaurants. What are some of the things that come up on Housewives all the time that you like you love when they do or that always tickle your fancy? The the crap apologies. I'm sorry if you felt that way, which I hate. Oh my God, yeah. That's like literally just a reoccurring theme at this stage, especially in Beverly Hills. Like, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but like, I still think I'm right. And then they're like, well, I still think I'm right too. And then they just kind of weirdly agree to disagree. Do you notice that? And they don't kind of go, you know what? I was a bit of a dickhead. Sorry. They go, I'm sorry if you felt that way. Or I'm sorry if you were offended. I'm like, no, you were an asshole. Like, just say, like, I just, it rots me. They'll literally be like, I'm not telling you to pick sides, but like, Teddy was like really wrong. Do you know what I mean? That's just an example. Yeah. And it's always like, it's all the subtle, particularly in Beverly Hills, they're all so passive aggressive. So it's like, yeah, you don't have to pick a side, but it's like. Well, like it wouldn't be the show without these buts. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think uh, like it's safe to say that I don't dislike any of the housewives. I find it really hard to really dislike them. Do you know what I mean? Because they all bring something different to the table. Like I think Brandy is one of those women that you love to hate. You know what I mean? But there's still things that she does that are like, oh, but Brandy, you're actually kind of right. Do you know what I mean? But you're still acting absolutely horrendous. And it's also like, as you say, like if they're entertaining some, and I don't like them, I don't mind as much. Like say Dorit, for example, there are seasons where I was like, oh my God, look. so annoying. Yeah. I love Dorit. Oh, oh, oh. I love a bit of Dorit like Dorit's a bit of me do you know what I mean like she doesn't really take anyone's bullshit but at the same time she kind of she'll play devil's advocate when she has to just to kind of see both sides that's the kind of vibes I get off her and I like that but if you think of when she first joined and she was so annoying and and such a shitster and she was there to keep things like and keep the storyline going and now like we've all decided we like her I just love the way you can go from one season being like get her off the show yeah. to another year you're like I can't yeah. imagine this without you like it is mad yeah. the way it changes that's why I think it's very hard to dislike any of the housewives really because they all bring something different to the table each season and the person you might not have liked last season might be your favorite next season yeah. Do you know what I mean because yeah, like, yeah. Kyle was never like my top fave like it took a while for me to kind of like really get to like get to know her and all that kind of stuff I swear I actually know the women from how I go on about them but 
do you know what I mean? As in, like, I didn't realize how she was. And I, after seeing like the latest season, I'm like, oh yeah, I actually really enjoy Kyle. It's funny actually you say that the way you <laughs> talk about them because I that's what's been so fun about doing the podcast. Like you start nattering away with someone, you're like, you'd swear we we're talking about our cousins or our aunt or something. Like it's yeah, literally, it's I feel like I know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually a way to bond with people because it's kind of like. You can't, sometimes you can't talk with people you would both know in real life that way because it would be too rude. But if it's reality TV, it's like, well, they're real people, but we don't know them. So what do you think, girl? And you can just be like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 totally. I just thought, I love it. I love it so much. It's such a great escape from reality as you were saying. Yeah, particularly this year. Like, honestly, there was like, in the peak of lockdown, I was like, well, there's a new episode, two days like I'd be like yeah. just get to Friday like, I'd be like watch the Housewives in New York I'd be like okay yeah cool like it was the only bright spot at one point what are other reality shows that you're into do you dip into any other franchises that are out there I love well I obviously love the Kardashians as well I love the Little Women franchise I think it's really good I'm just always something going on because there's kind of the same characters yeah that creep in and out um, I'm trying to think what other uh, reality TV shows that I watch um, name a few and I'll be like yeah 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 because my brain is actually like a save these days yeah <laughs> so I dipped into Love and Hip Hop Hollywood this year which is absolutely oh, wild yeah. it's wild like... Love and Hip Hop New York is like insane and I've been watching it literally since day dot so like when everyone hadn't a clue about Cardi B I was like listening to her mixtapes like Lick all the like Gangsta Bitch volumes 1 and 2 um oh like I loved her like absolutely adored her and then she just like when I listened to Lick I was like she's she's gonna do really big things I just have a feeling she's gonna be like that star that's just gonna emerge um yeah so I love uh Love and Hip Hop Hollywood I mean the thing I find wild about Love and Hip Hop Hollywood because I watched a bit I watched like the first two of New York but I've watched more of Hollywood it's so different to Housewives in that like it's so much more staged like when someone walks it's into so a party great. and there's like a shot of them all I'm like you there's no way you just walked in and got that you obviously did multiple shots yeah. of this like you would love New York oh my god New York is like another level like you have you have safari on it you have Yanhi. You like, yeah. I'd love to like hear what you thought about like the cast and stuff. Yeah, because Safari I, is just so extra. It's hilarious. Yeah, because I watched um, the first two or three of New York, and that was like the early, early seasons. And then I've watched pretty uh, like five seasons of Hollywood. And obviously, at some point, Safari leaves Hollywood to go to New York, and then he comes back to be like, yeah. maybe I slept with so and so. And you're just like, and then you forget like. I'd watch like an old Nicki video and be like, God, he really was right beside Nicki Minaj for like, like a long time. Years. Like he really was Yeah. like, I don't even think they scratched the surface of all the stories he must have about Nicki. Like it's so mad to yeah. think you're like, oh my God, Safari, what I are you know. doing? I know. And I was actually watching back one of her performances, I think it was from the VMAs years ago. And she's doing like, check it out with Will I Am. And he's she's just in the background doing this. Like <laughs> robot move. And I was like, what are you doing? I was like, here's Safari always getting in the way. <laughs> you just always in the way. I just love the glamour. I love the, I love the extraness. I love the rowdiness because I'm not a rowdy person. So when I can watch that, I'm like, oh, well, that's great because I don't have to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I think I just love the, I love it for what it is. Like it does exactly what it says on the tin. 
with these franchises. Like you've got a bit of entertainment. Yes, it's kind of scripted, but it's still really glam. It's still kind of real. Um, and it's an escape from real life. So I'm just like, yeah, give it to me any day of the week. It's so funny you mentioned that you, that's, I feel the same in that things people do in real shows. If someone did that in real life, I'd be like, I'm never going to speak to you again. Like I'm not a confrontational person. I don't like like that kind of energy but i love it on my rally shows i'm like wow do. Like, i don't cope well at all with confrontation like i just i'm like oh my god i don't know what to do um i'm actually quite laid back chill kind of person so when it comes to like confrontation i'm just like oh my god no i can't cope so i avoid it at all costs and i you know i live by the mantra of just don't be a dick and your life will be a lot easier but um yeah with being able to watch it, it just gives you, it gives you some sense of, um, not control. What's the word I'm looking for? It just gives you some sense of freedom, I suppose. Cause you're like, Oh my God, like, I know I'm never going to do this, but this is really entertaining to watch. Yeah. And it's also, sometimes it is fun to put yourself in the, say if there is like you mentioned earlier, say one person on one side, one on the other, and you actually start to go, what I do X and what I do I, even I've yeah. noticed challenge people, for this or in general, if I say, well, I'm very much on so-and-so's side with that. And someone else goes, well, no, I'm on yeah. last side. And you both go, oh, well, you're that kind of person that like, it's interesting what it says about people or what it says about us when we watch it. Yeah, it's mad. But it just goes to show that it, gives, it must give us some sort of dopamine hit or something when we watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it must if, we, if we're so like hooked on it. Oh my god, this it feels like we're about to do a scientific study. Like a doctor's gonna come in and go, Okay, watch this clip from Jersey. We've noticed your pupils dilated, your heart rate has risen. <laughs> Particularly the fights, you'd be like, Oh <laughs> the fights in Jersey, I think, are like next level. You know, and Teresa's the type to hold a grudge for life, you know what I mean? So I was while I was like in the midst of her and Melissa's fight, I was like, girls, please just make up because I can't actually go through this anymore. Like this is actually breaking my heart. Yeah. And <laughs> Jersey's so weird because it's so about family. And so the other shows, there might be say Kim and Kyle where there's a sisterhood or whatever. Most of them are not, Yeah, they're not connected over like because of brothers and sisters and siblings and in-laws and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So when they fight about that stuff in Jersey, I'm like, this would happen whether we were here or not. Like, e- exactly. like even the way Melissa and Teresa are kind of good now, but you always get the sense they could fall apart like that tomorrow. Yeah, like, like that. Yeah, totally. I totally get those vibes as well. It's like they're really, they're secure on the surface, but there's still a lot of, I think there's a lot more deep-rooted issues with the two of them, I suppose, that they still haven't resolved and maybe that they've just kind of agreed to disagree on. So I think that could switch at any moment. And also, this is bad, like, this is really bad but like sometimes I feel like Teresa is just jealous of Melissa like Melissa has such a similar life to her on paper but it's worked out so differently and I think in a way Teresa's very close to her brother and she sees a life she could have had similar to her brother when she sees Melissa and Joe together and she's just like I sometimes think particularly because her marriage went so south and her husband or her ex-husband fucking basically landed her in prison I honestly sometimes think you're kind of jealous and not even, I don't mean in a petty way, but like I would be raging as well, to be honest. I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> I know. And I think that's kind of what leaves the, um, the mystery behind all of these housewives characters. Cause essentially they are characters. Do you know what I mean? We're only seeing like a glimpse of their life. Um, and I think there's so much more that we don't know. 
that's so intriguing there's so many layers like oh my god we'd literally be here all day try if we were to dissect them yeah you know exactly <laughs> you mentioned the kardashians earlier why are you a fan of that because i find i only dip in now but it doesn't grab me the way housewives do why is it a must watch for you and not even that like it's a must watch it's just one of those things that i've grown up with you know, like I remember watching it from day dot and I was, I can't even remember how old I was. I was definitely like early teens because how long has it been on the air now? 10 years. Has More it? like it's, it is like 13, 14 years as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have been like 11 or something by the time I was watching that. And I remember thinking it was like so chaotic. And I just remember, I think what I gravitated towards, to be honest, was I was a, and I still am a huge Sierra fan. And Sierra was going out with Reggie Bush. And then they broke up. And then Kim started going out with Reggie Bush. I can't remember if it was, um, if Kim was going out with him first or if Sierra was going out with him first. I can't remember. But um, I just remember seeing him on the show and I was like, oh my God, that's Sierra's boyfriend. And that's kind of what got me into it. Because this is before social media. Like this is before they were so accessible. Um, so I, I, I found that aspect really interesting. And I just kind of loved it. It was one of those shows that was with me from like my early teens. So I think it's just inevitable now that I just watch it when a new a new episode comes out. You know what I mean? It was never like, yeah, it was never one of those things that I was like, oh my God, New Kardashians is out. I need to like literally like plan my whole week around the Kardashians. It was never like that. It was more so just one of those things. I was like, oh, it's coming out. Like, thank God now I have something to watch. Yeah, that's mad. It becomes part of it, particularly because they have done so many episodes it's like the soaps you're like well I'll just pop it on there yeah and the same again like it was when I was like spending weekends with my dad's and at my dad's and like he had UPC or Sky so like I had the like access to E and stuff like that so then that's when I'd watch like Kim and Chloe uh, or Kim and Courtney no Chloe Chloe and Courtney take Miami and then like all their spin-offs and stuff so it I just always kept up, I suppose. You kept up with the Kardashians. How <laughs> how perfect. I kept up, I kept up it's funny you mentioned it's funny you mentioned Sierra because actually I would love to see Sierra on a Real Housewives show. Like I just think she's fascinating. I'm like the the Oh my god. Could you imagine like all the stuff that went down with Future and they still have a kid together, but then she's so much happier with Russell and they all like because Russell is a really successful is it football player or yeah. me not knowing the difference between yeah, NFL player. yeah so like he's obviously <laughs> loaded so and she is obviously a successful pop singer for over like 15 20 years like yeah there's the wealth there's a the glamour she's stunning she's always doing modeling stuff she's had she's two kids now i'm like put sierra on beverly hills oh, i presume yeah. she still lives in beverly hills yeah i feel like sierra would literally be the cherry on top because i feel like she's such she's had such a successful career and is such a successful singer in her own right that I don't think the Real Housewives have really had that since Candy. Am, am I wrong? No, you're right. You, yeah, it's usually they're a little bit kind of like slightly lower in their careers when they do the show whereas Sierra's kind of still very famous and I just feel like there is a mystery there of how did she bounce back from being yeah. mistreated by a high profile relationship and now she's so happy now. Like, I know it's all yeah. social media and people confront or whatever, but you get the vibe that Russell and her are obsessed with each other. Oh, like I am obsessed with their love. Like I'm I'm just such a huge Sierra fan that I'm like, oh my God, anything she does, I'm like, yeah, give it to me. And I just, I love how, you know, a negative situation for her turned into something so beautiful and so positive. And now she has like this gorgeous little family. 
oh they're just they're golds they really are no fully and like honestly i know future is still really popular i'm always like i remember what you did to sierra <laughs> like i'm literally like what's it what's a sierra stan called What's her Sierra Stan name? Oh, I'll tell you exactly what a Sierra Stan is called. Because when I had my YouTube account, guess what my YouTube username was? Sierra Stan 101. Sierra <laughs> And that's the thing. Wow. And did you, um, did you cover her songs? I was like obsessed with her. I got, when I was in a, I think I was in fourth class, maybe. Fourth or fifth class. We had to do like this performance just like in the foyer for for like the row that was like at the corridors of the different classrooms. So we were all having like this like mini talent show and we had to put together a dance. And I said, excuse me, we're doing a Sierra song and we're doing one two step and I'm going to choreograph the whole thing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm not over Sierra. That is. That's just fucking Isn't amazing. hilarious? Sierra. I know. Good. I hope you get to meet her one day. There is a collab for the ages, you and Sierra. That is the vision. Oh, like she's the reason I wanted to really be a performer, to be honest. Like I was, oh my God, I like studied her. I love her. Um, what is next for you with your Housewives viewing? Are you going to go back and rewatch a season? Are you excited for one to come back? Like, do you have any Housewives plans? I'm defo. I'm sweating for a new season for New Jersey. Um and also I'm gonna it's been on my list if I ever get time to rewatch uh, Atlanta from the very start because I started it at the start of lockdown and I just never got a chance to really finish it through because I started watching Beverly Hills but I think yeah I'm looking forward to the new season of Beverly Hills obviously like I'd love I'm kind of living to see what changes they're gonna make because. I think you know Teddy didn't get her contract renewed. I mean Beverly Hills. They're only filming now, so I feel like we're ages away. Jersey, they finished filming, and I think it's coming out in, like, February, apparently. So we're oh, well, not mate. too long to wait for Jersey. Oh, wow. And is Garcelle coming back? Yes. I really enjoyed Garcelle. Yes, thank God, because of her peri- when she got that job hosting on The Real, I was like, I, I, whoa, 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 whoa. Does that mean you're doing the other show as well? <laughs> I was like, I need, because I need yeah. both. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, literally. I love Garcelle. I love how she's right to the point. You know, she's exactly what... I think the other housewives needed. I think they got away with too much. They got away with too much of like literally just like rinsing the same arguments. And I think Garcelle was just the the person to be like, look, just figure it out and sort it out so we can move on. Yeah, I also loved, um, <laughs> I just really liked the way Garcelle just didn't take so much of Kyle's bullshit and kind of said, no, that didn't yeah. happen. No, that didn't happen, Kyle. Like yeah. Kyle was like a bit shook by Garcelle uh-huh. in a way I loved so and listen, Housewives aside, we've mentioned your music, but you are very busy. At the moment, Calculated is out there and doing big things. This episode is going to come out kind of mid-December. So can you tell us more about Irish Women in Harmony's Christmas single and the year that you've had working with them and what we and how we can support that song and charity? Well, firstly, you can support the charity by texting Childhood to 5300. More than welcome uh, via the text lines. So... Yeah, it's just been a great year, I think, for Irish Women in Harmony. I think it's been the year of the Irish woman, to be honest, Um, especially after the growth of this collective. And it's definitely been, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of us, including myself, you know. They were there to lift me up through, you know, some of my toughest times as well, which is something I didn't realise that I needed so much. Um, And I think that goes for a lot of, um, a lot of us. 
Um, yeah, there's just lots of great things that are going to be happening, you know? And are you, obviously you've been super involved with Irishman and Harmony, you put out a new single recently. Are you planning to release more music or will you actually focus on Irishman and Harmony for a while? Because obviously, or do both? So, you know, Irishman and Harmony was set up as a collective for us to all showcase all of our talents and our capabilities and what we do. So it's always going to remain that. And um, while we're all on our own, you know, solo ventures as well. And then we all come together to, you know, make music as a collective and, you know, share as a group. So it's kind of nice having those two because it's like, I, I feel like I'll never not be busy, which is fantastic. Um, and it's always a love. It's a lovely little I suppose a little safety net in a way. I feel like I'm in a very empowering, part of a very empowering movement uh, with these women. So I'm just really excited to be a part of it in the first place, you know. So yeah, I'll be, I'm working on my own big project at the moment as well. That will be coming next year. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, So like the next couple of months of my life is literally just going to be dedicated to that. So I don't know if I'll get to watch much Housewives. Um, but with that said, I'm going to binge when this project has like the lid on sealed. So yeah, I'm very excited for, you know, my own solo stuff and I'm very excited for Irishman and Harmony. And it's one of those things that, you know, it's constantly, because in music, you know, it's a constantly evolving industry. So I think you have to grow with it. And I think Irishman and Harmony is one of those things, especially uh, for the Irish music industry to show that like look there's so many amazing Irish musicians uh women musicians here and you know we did it to inspire the next generation so you know what I when I was growing up I didn't have a collective of you know Irish female artists like this to really look up to we only had our trailblazers so I think seeing all of us in the one place um, and making more people aware of who we have and how they can support is really important and you know during times like this We've no shows and um, that's a massive source of a lot of our artists income. So that's been taken away from us and we'll be the last to open. So I think, you know, really just getting behind all of your favorite Irish artists, whether it's buying their singles on iTunes, liking their songs on Spotify, which is huge because that basically shows it's nearly the same equivalent as buying a song on iTunes if you actually like it. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, and then buying merch, you know, all the ways that you think you can support, um, obviously within reason, you know, get behind. Um, so we can hopefully be back doing what we're doing. Exactly. And if people want to find you directly, uh, where can they find you? Uh, obviously, Erica Cody on like music platforms, but on social media stuff, where can they, where can they find you? Yeah, so Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Um, my Instagram handle is Erica Cody. Twitter is It's Erica Cody. And then Facebook is Eric Cody official. So yeah, that's where you can find me. I chill out mostly on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is mainly just to, you know, talk about what I'm thinking and what I want for breakfast and all the other stuff that comes with it. Um, and maybe a bit of tea here and there. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're my main hangouts. Somehow you're fitting Housewives into what seems to be a busy schedule. And it was a lot of fun getting to talk to you about this today. So much fun. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this. That was Erica Cody on Hexwives and Me. Make sure you check out Irish Women in Harmony, both of their tracks raising much needed funds for charities around Ireland. And you can check out Erica's own music. Her most recent single release is a track called Calculated, but there are tons of great songs from her just waiting for you to discover them on your streaming service of choice. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you want to follow along, you can on social media. At Housewives and Me is where you can find the show on Instagram and Twitter. 
If you enjoyed today's show, please feel free to leave a, a rating or even a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen. And make sure you subscribe. We have new episodes every Tuesday. Yes, even during December, even during Christmas. That is a level of dedication on offer here. Until next time, thank you for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.